The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed during this or any broadcasts belong solely to our guests or our hosts. These broadcasts do not represent or reflect the views of their employers, sponsors, or affiliated organizations. Welcome to the Flipboard EDU podcast with your host, William Jeffrey, where we collaborate, communicate, and educate with the greatest educators in the world on Flipboard. Let's start the show. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey. And my homegirl, Rhonda Finley, is one of the best instructional coaches that I know. She supports teachers and students in one of the most innovative middle school learning labs in Southeast Texas. Rhonda has taught me about makerspaces, Genius Hour, and a plethora of other instructional strategies that support high-quality instruction. She also played a key role in securing a grant from Verizon to design a state-of-the-art learning lab. With Verizon Innovative Learning Schools, they're designed to address equity for underserved and under-resourced communities that lack access to technology and internet connectivity. So in this episode, we speak to Rhonda Finley about digital inclusivity, STEM, and technology integration opportunities that address equity. We also discuss the remote learning resources and teacher training pathways that enhance instruction during COVID-19. Lastly, Rhonda shares how educators can apply for the rising learning lab for your school. So like we always do at this time, let's collaborate, communicate, and educate with the best educators in the world right here on Flipboard EDU Podcast. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey, and I have another amazing guest tonight, my good friend, Rhonda Finley. Rhonda, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So, Rhonda, tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself. All right. I have been in education for about 16 years. I taught fourth grade for eight of those years, seven in Fort Bend ISD. I got my master's degree from HBU in educational counseling. And at that time, right when I was getting ready to graduate, I transitioned from the classroom into being a digital learning specialist. I was in that role for about four years. I supported about five campuses with their technology PD coming into the classroom and helping them to integrate technology with their students. For the last four years, I've been an instructional coach at a Verizon Innovative Learning School. I was instrumental in writing a proposal to have one of our spaces transformed into a Verizon Innovative Learning Lab. It's really beautiful. It's a pleasure to come to work every day. And so that's me in a nutshell. That's me. Yes. Ms. Finley, when you were telling everybody about your successes in your career, you failed to mention that you came into my classroom probably about seven years ago now. And I saw you teaching my students on how to use technology as an integration specialist. <laughs> and I said to you, excuse me, ma'am, I didn't know y'all had jobs like that. Yeah, I actually remember the story a little differently. I remember observing with your students. Wow. First of all, your content knowledge of aquatic science that you were teaching, that just blew my mind there. And then the fact that you're a male teacher, great classroom, no offense to the males out there, 
great classroom management, and then you were integrating this technology into your classroom, I was just blown away. So I remember saying to you, when are you going to come and be a part of our department? Because we need somebody like with us. And then, yes, you said, oh, I didn't know you guys, you know. And I remember going back and speaking with my coordinator and ranting and raving about what I had seen in your classroom. I was like, we got to get this guy. He has to be a part of our tribe. We need him. That was so nice (laughs) of you to remember it in that way. I've always known you as a mentor. You are an unofficial mentor for me. So as an instructional coach, how has this pandemic changed your role as an instructional coach? Honestly, I've always been flexible, but this has really tested my ability to be flexible. When we first, I guess, hunkered down during the pandemic, I would literally be on, I believe we're using Zoom initially, and then we started using Microsoft Teams. But I would be online helping teachers and assisting them till nine or 10 o'clock at night. Because we're in triage mode, even though our campus has been a one-to-one environment for the last four years, it was still new for those who are resistant to change. Those who just said, okay, you can put your iPads underneath their desk and we're just going to use a pencil and paper. So just really checking in on people more because people have been affected in more ways than one with the pandemic. So not just assuming that because we hadn't heard from anybody that they were being negligent, but they actually were taking care of their households and their families. And and so just really checking in with our people a little bit more. Yeah, I think we all had to be a little bit more nurturing during that time. Seems like a long time ago, but it was really just this time last year. Rhonda, you're one of the most innovative instructional coaches that I know. What motivates you to be as innovative as you are? Honestly, it's the students. When I was in the classroom, I only had three desktop computers. And then I had my own desktop computer. So my students knew that they were going to rotate and use those computers. I started to bring my laptop so they would have an extra computer. I had a smart board. So they would actually go into the smart exchange and create lessons to each other. And these were fourth graders. And so I wasn't always comfortable with the technology. I remember using rewritethink.org, had no idea how to help the kids save their projects and they figured it out. And when we save our projects, We actually have to go back into readwritethink.org and then open it up once we've saved it on the computer. So we've made leaps and bounds since then. Like they were always there. Okay, Ms. Finley, I have pictures over here and he's typing over there. How are we going to merge the two together? Google was already doing that. Google was already they already had collaborative docs and collaborative slides, but they wanted it. Students now, me being in a middle school environment because elementary was my background, the students come and find me. They know that my office is located in the library. Miss Finley, you know what? You helped my math teacher. I really need you to see about this social studies teacher or whatever it is. So the kids are the ones who are just like, help. We need your help in this classroom, please. They want to do more. 
and they don't want to be in a sit and get type of environment or lecture type of environment. I personally had a problem with lecture. I know there's sometimes you have to do what you have to do, but you have done some amazing things even before the pandemic hit. Coming to my classroom, supporting my students when you were a digital learning specialist. And I know you were elementary and I taught high school seniors. As a matter of fact, I really don't know why they sent you to my classroom, but I thank Lisa McMillan for doing it. Because if it weren't for you and Stacy, I probably would still be in the classroom. But before the pandemic hit, what was your biggest accomplishment thus far? I Honestly, I think you would have found your way out of a classroom with or without us. We were just one path for you. And I think if that hadn't worked out, you would have found another. I mentioned it in my introduction. I'm at a Verizon Innovative Learning School. And so when we were in digital learning, one thing I can say is that we had each other to support each other. And so little did I know that support would go away one day and that I would be the one Lone Ranger on my campus. So honestly, we had already done a Google Chromebook distribution at a very small level. And little did I know that was preparing me for an iPad distribution for 1,000 students on my campus and that I would be overseeing that in addition to helping with broadcasting because broadcasting was being done on the old school intercom. And so I had to dust off the broadcasting equipment and teach the students and teachers how to use that equipment. And and then I was presented by our SIM director with an opportunity to have a Verizon Innovative Learning Lab on our campus. And so it is this great collaboration between Arizona State University, Heart of America. Uh, they actually go around the United States transforming classrooms into amazing spaces and uh, Verizon and Digital Promise. I actually have a virtual, I guess, video of the space on Google Street View where you can actually see it or I can share it with you. So I think that's been the greatest accomplishment to know that they would say, hey, we like what you had to say in this proposal. And we've come out to visit your campus. And we know that your kids are utilizing these devices to the fullest because we can look in their photo albums and see the work that they have been doing. So we want to give you $150,000 to transform this space. And we are going to equip it with Oculus Go headsets and 3D printers and 360 cameras. There's like a laundry list of things. It's just like any technology professional or student dream. This is a beautiful workspace. So I must say that when people come to my campus, I say to come and visit our Verizon Innovative Learning Lab. So I, I would like to see it sustained 10 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. Rhonda, I'm going to toot your horn just a little bit more. Getting on the job and learning how to be an elementary digital learning specialist was something very new to me. And if it wasn't for the great teamwork that we had in that department, those are some of the, those 26 of of the most highly skilled professionals that I've ever just been around as, as far as technology integration goes and leading as far as the statewide presenting at conferences and, and writing books and all that. I was in heaven and I was just like learning so much from you guys. So I know that a lab is, it has to be amazing if you have something to do with it. Okay. 
Yeah, you talked about earlier the innovative lab. And I know that from the past, we have talked about communication, collaboration, critical thinking, and creativity, which is fundamental in STEM and STEAM. With all of that new technology and all of these old teaks, which are the Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills, how are you combining those together to get good learning experiences? Now we have tacked on profile of a graduate, those attributes, which I can't spill off right now. And also in the lab, we are talking about sustainable development goals with our students. And so just ensuring that they have those hands-on opportunities and that they understand why and that they realize that you guys are our future. We're going to need you to solve some of the issues that are going on in the world. Yes, we have this 3D printer here. What can we create? Having them watch other students create things that patients can use. For example, 3D hands or 3D legs for people who have lost a limb, things of that nature. Or kids are presented with problems. Okay, we've seen kids being left in their cars in the heat. What can you do? What can you invent or create? That would stop this from being a problem so we can stop having this whole conversation. Or even what about the wildfires in California? We just gave them some hands-on tools. And some of the things that they came up with were simply amazing. I'm also thinking about another collaboration that we have going on on our campus with Apple and Lamar and HTC. And so when I went through the PD, we actually learned how to create app prototypes. So we have people from the community to come out and say, hey, this is our company and these are the things that we would like for our app to address. And so when I hosted our STEM camp for our kids, we presented them with the same opportunity. We had people come in from the community and I still have some of their app prototypes. I know we're going to have some app developers coming out of my campus. That's going to be pretty amazing. I know they will. When I was working with you, you taught me how to use a video and look at me now. So I just, I'm just excited to see what you're doing. I know that uh, teaching computer science is huge these days, but how impactful is teaching computer science to girls? Oh, wow. We actually had a section of computer science being taught at our campus by an amazing teacher. And I reached out to one of our former DLS is Jeannie Langston, if I'm allowed oh, to she, she came yes. out to our campus and she loved our students. And she was like, I want to take them back to my <laughs> campus with me. We're really trying to get that section back on our campus. But I have a young lady who I am mentoring and she was in the Innovative Learning Lab and now she is in robotics. So they're a little different. And I explained to her, look, we need more girls in coding, in robotics, in computer science, I think you're going to benefit from being in this class and I'm going to come back. We're creating a compilation video for Verizon so that they can see what we're doing on campus. So I I encourage girls to make sure that they are embracing STEM. But I I always tell them how when I was in middle school, my teachers didn't have any computers. You could not have told me that I would be an instructional technology coach. Really? What is that? So I I just let them know this job was not even thought about when I was a kid. So just imagine all the jobs that are going to be out there 
when you're my age. They say that the second graders, 70% of the jobs that they're going to be going into haven't even been created yet. If we continue the old style of stand up and lecture, sit and get, then those students are not learning those tools that you guys are sharing in your innovative lab. I agree. I agree. And it's exhausting when you're listening to yourself talk all day long. Yes, it is. There's a place for that type of learning. Not, there's some things that you need a sit and get lecture. But the problem with sit and get lectures is how do you turn that into application? You know, how are you actually using that? What resources can you recommend for teachers to get started with incorporating like four C's or coding or any engaging activity if they don't have $150,000? Gotcha. So I always start teachers off with an hour of code, honestly. And there is one particular code on their website. There are hundreds, but there's one particular one that's patterned after Moana for Disney. And so, of course, the, the boys are like, what, Miss Finley? But it, it honestly teaches you the building blocks of coding. I think Scratch is a, a great route to go because they have tutorials for everything right there within the Scratch platform. There's also an organization called GWC, uh, Girls Who Code, and I got to meet them. I went on, I went to an Apple conference in Arizona and they were there. And so they provide the curriculum and everything for the girls. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure how a parent found out that I was a sponsor, but she was at another campus in my district and she called me and I was like, well, how did you even find this? But apparently she Googled coding in our area and my name popped up. So my name is synonymous with coding. So GWC, Girls Who Code, Scratch is a good one to use and an hour of code. I really appreciate all of the stuff they taught me simply because those are some things that I didn't even know about in the classroom. And it doesn't really depend on which subject that you teach, that you can incorporate all of those Scratch, Girls Who Code, and any of the four C's simply into your, your curriculum. Ms. Finley, where can our listeners find you at? They can find me on Twitter. And I'm guessing that I should have my handle ready. You told me to change my handle a long time ago. And I did. <laughs> it's okay. I kept mine too. And so now as I'm moving on up like George Jefferson, I'm trying to decide, should I keep the good old coach? It's too late now. I'm stuck with Coach Jeffrey, like regardless of whatever position I'm employed at, social <laughs> media will be. Co- Especially since coaching takes on so many other things yeah. now. It's not just yeah. about coaching sports. What? Who knew that my ability to lose basketball games would allow me to make a podcast? <laughs> you listen, I didn't lose that many basketball games. Have to look back at the records. So, Arene at Arene at Tech at Arene at Tech, and that's R E N A E at Tech. Also, too, are you presenting at any conferences virtually anywhere like that? You know what? The year is not over. And usually Verizon or Digital Promise, they present us with opportunities to do, I guess, about once every nine weeks. But no, nothing. If if all things go well and I can see you guys at ISTE, that would be like so great to reunite with with all of you guys at ISTE. That would be great. So um, just keep that. Pencil that in your calendar and hopefully that's something that we all can get back together and do. Hey, Miss Finley, I want to thank you for coming on the show and you have a great day. Thank you for having me, Coach Jeffrey. You have a great day as well. 
Today's flip tip is brought to us by CEO of Flipboard, Mike McHugh. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm going to show you how to put a Flipboard widget on your home screen. One of the great features of iOS is widgets. Widgets are like snippets of content that you can access quickly just by swiping from your home screen. Now, while widgets have been around for a while, in iOS 14, you can take those widgets and actually put them on your home screen where all of your app icons are. And this is really cool. Okay, so let's start by creating a Flipboard widget. To do that, just swipe to the right from your home screen and you'll see all the widgets. Tap and hold and then tap on edit home screen. Now you'll see a plus in the upper left corner. Go ahead and tap that and you'll see all the different widgets that you can add. So let's scroll down here and add Flipboard. Tap that and now I can choose the layout that I want to use. I can do a four up, I can do a two up, I can do a single story wide or a single story narrow. So let's go ahead and add the four up. Just tap add widget and there you have it. So now I have Flipboard in my widgets and this will show me the first four stories in my For You feed. Now I can also take this widget and put it at the top of all of my other widgets just by dragging and dropping. And there you have it. So now Flipboard is just a swipe away if I want to see quickly what's in my For You feed. So just from my home screen, just swipe to the right and there you go. If I see a story I'm interested in, I can just tap on it and Flipboard launches right away and I can see the story and then come right back to my widgets. So now let's add Flipboard to the home screen. Go to your home screen, tap and hold, and then that same plus button appears in the upper left. Tapping that will bring up your list of widgets. I'll go back here to Flipboard. And then in this case, I'll choose a two up layout so that it uses a little less screen real estate. I'll hit add widget and there we go. Now I have Flipboard right on my home screen. Now there's one more thing to show you. If you want to have the Flipboard widget not just show you your For You feed, but maybe show you your Daily Edition or 10 for Today or Flipboard Picks. You can do that in the Flipboard settings. Just open up Flipboard, go to your profile, tap on Settings, and adjust the widget settings right down here. So I'll just go ahead and pick Daily Edition. And now the Daily Edition is on my home screen. So there you have it, Flipboard on your home screen. I hope this was helpful. Keep on flipping. Flipboard EDU podcast is a great resource for teachers, students, and administrators. Flipboard fam, thanks for sticking with me on this episode. I want to thank my good friend Rhonda Finley for sharing about digital inclusivity, STEM, and technology integration opportunities that address equity. 
You can read more about this episode and other educators on the educators blog on flipboard.com. I want to give a huge shout out to Aileen Laylor and Crystal Vanderboom for the editorials on the Flip EDU Educators blog. This episode marks one year of production, and we're looking forward to another amazing year of collaboration, communication, and critical thinking. Remember to subscribe to our Flipboard EDU magazine on Flipboard.com. Please subscribe and share our podcast with an educator or colleague. Our podcast is available on every channel and everywhere you listen to podcasts. So until next time, family. 